98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to a claw on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are not live from the Auction Community Studios. We are live from State Farm Stadium. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? You know, I, every time we come here, yeah. we've been coming here many, many years, I always wonder when I shout out straight up to a clock. Yes. Can anyone out there hear me? And I don't think anybody actually can. It's like, God, there's a lot of music blasting. I know. Right it just it's, it seems so loud, and there aren't a ton of people here. It's a public practice, right? Yeah, yeah. It just seems like we're in the press box. The windows are open. I'm shouting directly into to the outdoor space, like somebody, like like Steve Kimes sitting down there. He's watching practice every now and then. I just figure that like Steve or A Dub's going like, turn around, like, would you keep it down back there, please? You trying to run a try to work, trying to run a practice, trying to run a camp here. Shut up back there, right? It never happens. Like I, I I don't think no matter how loud I yell, I don't think he's going to hear me down there. Got to start, got to start today with the news. I mean, Olivia Newton John passes away. You know, it's funny. I mean, I I thought you were going to say Kevin Durant, but um, no, no, I mean Olivia Newton. John. This is a much bigger deal to Gambo. Um, I, 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 we were doing show prep, and I said, Gambo, I don't know if you're going to be able to go on with today's oh, show. Oh, my God. Olivia Newton-John passed away at the age of 70. Let me tell you something. There were two posters I had on my kid on the wall when I was a kid. Two posters. One was Farah. It curled up in the box. And the other was Olivia in the black spandex pants. From Greece? It was from Greece. I had two posters in my room, two. Yeah. And it was Farah curled up in the box, and it was the Olivia. And everybody had those. Like, you know, you everybody you're in. Everybody had I thought Fair was a little. I would. The, yeah. My posters were a little because I'm a little younger yeah. than you. Were a little later, but so I didn't have the Olivia or the Olivia or the Farrah poster. But yes, I can see yeah. her. It? Her talent aside, I can see why today's a really sad day for you, Gambo. You're taking this one really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Her. Yeah. She was, never mind. She was a talented singer, musician, rock and roll star. No, she no, was. She, she, she was looked great, great on she your wall, great. and that was. Well, what's I think got for many today. for many of us that were like teenagers growing up in that era, it was like you know, I mean. Olivia Newton-John and Farrah Fawcett Majors, were, they were it. Like, that was it. It didn't get any better than that. Well, power through. Uh, I hope he can make it through today. Um, our, our serious condolences to Olivia Newton-John because uh, I know she's that's young. a big that's deal. 73 doesn't seem that old either. Let's, know, she's kind of young. Let's weigh in on our actual top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And I quote... In a face-to-face meeting with Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Tsai over the weekend, all NBA star Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed Tsai that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of general managers Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash, sources told The Athletic. (laughs) All this is, let me just tell you something, this is is great. All this really is is an obvious depiction of what really happens. Um, If you don't realize that um, this, this is the, the players are running the show, then, then you're not paying attention or you're living under a rock. Players run the show. Okay. A lot of times I, it's I hope done. you don't think you're telling me this. No, no. I'm just talking to Okay, good. To because other this, this isn't a lesson I need. I, I hope you don't think you're telling me this. Yeah. I mean, you think, oh, that, you know, oh, this is just, you can't do it. The players are, it's like the inmates running the asylum. Yeah, yeah. They've been running it forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you're a star player, you run the team. If you're one of the truly great players, you, you know, a lot of it's done behind the scenes where you don't even know about it. But, you know, coaches and GMs and, you know, but now this is. 
Let, let's get let's get to the meat and bones of this. Um, this is what Kevin Durant needed to kind of force the issue. We talked about chaos and creating a problem. Starting fires. This is what Starting he's fires. doing. Yep. I'm not going like. How can you? If you're Sean Marks or Steve Nash, bring Kevin Durant back with open arms. Can't. He just said, once you're fired. He wants you fired, and he wants you fired. Yep. He just said it. He wants you guys fired. He just made the workplace environment untenable, toxic, uncomfortable, toxic. toxic. He, just, he just did it. He, and this was this was his card all along. And you and I, we've talked about this story now for a month. And we've talked for a month. Look, if he wants it bad enough, he can make it happen. If he wants it bad enough, he can go in there light a fire, set off a metaphorical bomb, and it's going to happen because he has that power. It's the question of whether he had the guts to do it. Do you have the guts to go in there yeah. and be that guy? I didn't think he did. I, I knew oh, uh, I knew this was his path mm-hmm. all along. I just didn't know if he had the guts to walk it. He does. He did. Let's, he did it. Yeah. Let's go. There's two scenarios in my mind. I think what he's, did, what, what he's done is he's created two scenarios. One is they trade him. That Marx just takes the best offer he can because he knows he can't bring him into camp. He knows he can't bring him into camp, camp. with him and Nash there. So Marx trades him. He goes to the owner. He says, this is the best deal I can get. This is the best deal I can get. And I'm, I'll t- Or they decide what's easier to replace a coach and a GM than it is a superstar. Sure. And they fire Nash and they fire Marx. In that regard, Kevin Durant gave him an out. He, I don't know if they'll take it. I don't know if the owner will do it. But the owner, I mean, you could make the argument, and it's a really sound one, that it's a lot easier to find a new general manager and coach than it is Kevin Durant. Oh, it's a whole hell of a lot easier. It's not even a debate. It's not even a debate. It's not even a debate. It's just, I, I, if I'm the owner, well, I can find a coach. I can find a general manager. But it's, it's catering in and giving him that power, right? It, it's, that, uh, it's that idea that now your next coach knows that he's only the coach at the whim of Kevin Durant. Durant, which he probably knows anyway, but it's basically this acknowledgement out loud of, okay, Kevin Durant, you're running the show. We're going to fire whoever. These are guys, keep in mind, a year ago to the day, Kevin Durant signed the four-year, $198 million contract extension. This was the GM who was there when he signed it. This is the coach who was there when he signed it. These were guys who, a year ago, he's like, oh, yeah, sure, those are my guys. I'll sign a $200 million contract. Look, I don't know why he soured on those guys, but he did. For some reason, Kevin Durant is soured on the GM, and he is soured on the head coach. Or, can I propose an alternative theory here? Yeah, sure. It's not that he's soured on them. He just knows this is his way out. This is this 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 is the easiest way for me to get out of here. It's not even that I don't want to bring other guys down because you know that's going to be the talk right now. The Marks and Nash and there's a rift between them. I mean, he could have just said, "I'm not going to play for you." He could have. I'm not playing for you. But he had to make the situation so uncomfortable, so toxic. You just said it a second ago. How can you go play for this coach? How can you go play for the coach that you just said? I don't. I don't. I don't think he can. And so that's my point. My my point is that if you were going to pick one thing on on the list, what can I say that I know is going to get me out of here? He just said it. He just he just did it. I, I'm not. I can't play for that GM. I can't play for that coach. Right. And unless the owner has the guts to go firing both of those guys to appease Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant said the one thing that probably is going to get him out of town. Yeah. You know whether he believes it or not, whether it's true or not, it almost doesn't matter. Look, it would be like a star player. Okay, and this is just a complete hypothetical because this isn't true. It'd be like Devin Booker going to Robert Sarver and saying, "Look, James and 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 Monty got to go, or I'm or I'm not. I, I can't play with the. Uh, of course. Uh, it, it's either me or them. Yep. It's either me." 
hire them, and then what do you do? <laughs> you know, you you know, you it's it's a lot harder to replace Kevin Durant than it is to replace Marks and Nash. Okay, more from the story now. Uh, a story in which, by the way, the Phoenix Suns are never mentioned once, but we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, this is from Shams, by the way. I didn't credit who I was quoting, but Sham Sharani was the one who dropped this on us earlier today. Uh, the discussion was transparent and professional. The meeting took place a year to the day that KD agreed to a four-year, $198 million extension and barely a month over his initial trade react, uh, request. The Nets have, there's a quote, have direct knowledge of the reasons behind Durant's request and understand that the 12-time All-Star will continue to be resolute in his stance. In other words, the owner knows he ain't bluffing. He's serious. Uh, across the league, he writes, people have wondered whether KD could miss training camp should no trade development. So now that threat has been thrown out there. Do what I want or I'm not showing up. As far as other teams, he writes this. The Celtics, Raptors, and Heat remain the most significant candidates to acquire Durant, sources said, with Boston's package centering around all-star forward Jalen Brown seen as a viable deal. Cy and the Nets have made it clear privately that they will take every last asset from a team that trades for Durant, sources said. Every last asset. There's no mention of the Phoenix Suns in here. No. I don't think that means that they're out. No. I don't think that means that they're done. I think, if anything, it means that Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets know that he wants to go to the Phoenix Suns, and, and now the Nets need to try to extract every last asset they can probably get out of the Suns. What's that? I mean, your choice is, if you want to keep the coach and the GM, mm-hmm. your choice is to settle for whatever the best deal is, even if you realize that's not going to be a good enough deal. Because there is no Body that you can't make a good enough deal for a 12-time All-Star, one of the great... You, you can't make a good enough deal. Nope. So, like, either they settle for a deal that they really don't want to make, and that satisfies, you know, keeping the GM and the coach, or... They fire the coach in the GM to appease Kevin Durant, and they play the next. And at that point, you would expect that Kevin Durant would be in on who the GM and the coach is going to be, and he would stay there for the final four. You would years. think, and maybe Sai says this isn't really that hard for me to think about. I'd rather keep you than the coach and the GM. I'll fire them both. I'll fire them both just to make you happy and make you want to stay. But I, I and this I, is and, and and this happens a lot with with star players. They get rid of coaches. Now you don't ever really hear about the coach and the GM both getting fired. But a lot of a lot of star players make decisions on coaches, you just don't hear about it. Yeah. And they always deny it. You always hear the phrase coach killer, right? He's a coach killer. Happens to a lot of the greats have been coach killers. They just don't want it to be public the way Kevin Durant just made this public. On Saturday, the Cardinals had the closest thing to a true scrimmage that we're going to see before the preseason games start. Takeaways from Red and White, you'll get them next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways. And so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Burns and Gambo. We're live here from State Farm Stadium. We typically would have opened the show with the fact that we were live here, but the Kevin Durant story and finally some movement on that front obviously became our top story of the day. The practice is unfolding uh, beneath us as we speak. We're live here from the press box. There's a nice crowd gathered on hand. believe most of the practices this week are public, are open to the public, until they leave for Cincinnati. Preseason game number one coming up on Friday for the Arizona Cardinals 
and uh, we've actually got a good. I mean, I don't mean to sound surprised because we've had good guests in our previous day out here, but today, two guys I'm really looking forward to talking to. Isaiah Simmons going to join us right after practice, and then of course it's a training camp tradition. Always, Buda Baker will be joining us sometime in the three o'clock. Buda Baker, you are the president of the mm. Buda Baker fan club. I love the love the kid. He's a great player. I'd be very disappointed if the Cardinals didn't provide him for us today. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, the red white scrimmage over the weekend, kind of a scrimmage, kind of a practice. A lot of guys didn't go because of injuries. Kyler's still being eased back into things. Of all the stories to kind of come out of Red White, what was the one that grabbed you the most? Greg Dorch, I think. I mean, we we had actually on our show on Friday we had said that he had been, you know, playing well and watch out for him. And then you know he was one of the standouts, and a lot of people were writing on him as you know one of the guys that's you know jostling for position, uh, you know to to make this to make this team as a wide receiver. I, everything I've heard, he has really stood out. I've heard a lot of people raving about him. And then at the Red and White practice, he made some really good catches. So I think that's that 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 to me is you know when you look at it, you know DeAndre Hopkins is out and obviously Wesley so you look at okay who could step up and 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 take this opportunity and it looks like Dorch is that guy so far yeah Dorch i mean he's a he's such a different guy than Antoine Wesley Antoine Wesley is 64206 Greg Dorch is 57175 right i mean yeah. physically there's a big big difference between the two of them but obviously this offense has plenty of room for shorter wide receivers we've seen Christian Kirk do well in it, um, and and it, it's it's one where he could be a fit in it potentially. Yeah, his standout. I thought the most interesting, one of the most interesting things was coming out of the offensive line situation because Sean Kugler met with the media on Saturday after the practice and made it real clear the offensive line, the starting five is set. There is not one battle to be had out there, but the backup spots that to him is where the battles are being waged. I think our starting five's uh, close to being set. We you know we had an unfortunate setback with uh, Moo. You know he was uh, having a really good camp and and injured his foot. So, you know, he factors into that mix, too. Uh, we just hope he, we can get him back healthy. But there's st- still guys battling for spots. But most of the battles are for backup spots and trying to be that uh, seventh or eighth guy on game day and, and then making the active rosters. And again, we get a lot of really good battles at those spots. And I couldn't tell you which one of those guys is going to stand out. It's really going to depend on the preseason games, which I'm looking forward to. In which a lot of those guys are probably going to get the bulk of the playing time. He yes. sort of insinuated yeah. that Kelvin Beecham, DJ Humphreys, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of them no. during the preseason, A, in order to keep them healthy, and B, to let Josh Miles and, and Josh Jones kind of have at it out there and see who wins the majority of those one-on-one battles. You know, it's interesting because Kugler did say that, that Jones is a future starter at tackle for the Cardinals. Yes, he did. And that he could start this year. Now, DJ's locked into a contract, but Beecham is on a one-year deal, and he's an older player, and he's very good. I thought he was one of the you know, maybe their best offensive linemen last year with DJ not having a great year. I thought Beecham was great. Um, but I think, you know, jo- it's time. Like, it's time for you. Jones has been in this league for a few years. He's hanging around. He'll probably be their swing tackle, but he's in a battle right now for Josh with Josh Miles to try to see, you know, which of those guys is going to be the swing tackle. But he can play left. He can play right. He can play a little bit of guard. I, I don't think that they've given up on Josh Jones. I just think it's taken, a, you know, almost like a center in the NBA takes a little bit longer to develop. He's taken a little bit longer to develop, but they still like his skill set. He 
here's Kugler, what you're talking about with Josh Miles and Josh Jones. Starting with Josh Jones and Josh Miles. So they're both playing tackle. They're both uh, battling to be a, you know, the swing tackle. You know, DJ's cemented in, and, and so is Kelvin Beecham. But uh, both those guys are doing a good job. Uh, really excited to get them. They're probably going to get most of the preseason work and uh, where they're out there on an island by themselves. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But they're taking progressive steps. And I, I don't know exactly where the cut is, but I'll read you the quote. You referenced it a second ago. On Josh Jones, quote, he's a future starter here at tackle, close quote. Yeah. Basically, he suggested he was playing out of position at guard. And while he needs to be able to play guard on this offensive line, especially if he's going to be a backup, that he is more a true tackle. Now, you know, so far, I think it's fair to say that Josh Jones' career as an Arizona Cardinal has been uneven at best. And there have been times when he's been out there, he's been very difficult to trust at times on the offensive line. So, But they've I, raved about him when they first got him. Oh, that first camp, that first camp, they thought they hit the jackpot with that kid. Yep. When they where they drafted him and where they got him, they thought they hit the jackpot. And if he is the predetermined, let's say, starter next year at right tackle for Kelvin Beecham, let's say he doesn't come back, you've yeah. got Josh Jones. I mean, that's great as long as he's ready. It's been well. This is what year four. This is his. Oh, is this his fourth year? With the Cardinals, or is this his yeah, third no, year? I, I, this is his fourth I year, think right? This is his fourth year. I think this is his fourth year. Yeah. So, that's, you know, are you going to resign him next year? Thinking that he's going to be the replacement for Kelvin Beecham? Boy, he better be the replacement for Kelvin Beecham. if you Because if he doesn't, let's say Kelvin Beecham plays most of the season this year. You're basically signing Josh Jones sight unseen. You've seen him. You have him in practice every day. It's not like he's some foreigner to them. But in terms of how he's going to hold up every single down, every single play as a right tackle in this league, you don't have a lot to go off of in that regard, do you? Yeah, so 30, I'm looking at it now, drafted in 20. So he's drafted in 20. Um, so 20, 21, 22, 30 this games is, played, 12 stars. This is third year. Yeah, third year. Third year. My apologies. But, yeah, third I, year. I, I okay. thought it might have been four, too. Um, but yeah, like when they got when they got him, they really raved about how good he was. And they got him in the third round. And when I got him, it was like, wow, they, like they they had like late first round projections on him, if I believe. Oh, I remember you're right. They yeah. had a late first round projection on him. So for them to get him in the third round, they were sky high. But listen, here's the other thing we talked about. Like, you know, they you know, they got DJ under contract and Rodney Hudson under contract for next year, but we don't know if Rodney Hudson's gonna play or not. If Jones is good enough to play right tackle next year, you know, that now it makes it a lot easier. Because we debate last year we had Last week we had a discussion. What's more important, if DJ Humphreys is the only guy coming back, the guard spots, the center spot, or the tackle spot, you said the tackle spot. Now, I said guard, but you said tackle. If Josh Jones is able to fill that right tackle spot, well, then you can really concentrate on guards and free agency and guards and centers and free agency in the draft. Yeah, you can. I'll, I'll just be, like I say, I'll be curious to see how ready he is for that based off of how much or how little playing time he gets there Kugler this likes year. Him. He still likes him. He does. He does. It's it's uh, it, and look, and Kugler doesn't sugarcoat stuff, right? If he doesn't like you, he doesn't not. like you. No, he, typically not. Yeah, he no. seems high on it. My, I mean, Miles has been working as the backup. See, DJ Humphreys was out, so Josh Jones got a lot of run at left tackle, and then Miles was the backup at that tackle spot. So Jones Jones started working at left tackle with DJ out. Miles was playing left tackle second team. Jones is still playing some left tackle now on the second team, and Miles has switched over to right tackle. 
So that's how they're doing it. But either way, they've got two guys that they feel are capable of playing if, if either of those guys gets hurt yeah, or has if to come out. If it's absolutely necessary, you can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line, it's open for you. As always, right now, it's 620-620. When we come back, the Arizona Diamondbacks went into the weekend with a closer by committee. And in the end, the guy who lost the job did his job yesterday. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Hey, you just heard Eric. He's back there live at the Auction Community Studios. I'm sure, that once again, when the parents are away, the kids are having a party. So uh, you guys just have fun back there. Make sure the house is cleaned up by the time we get home tomorrow. That's all we ask. Okay? Yeah, I've just been running laps in the studio. So much free space in here when you guys aren't in there. I'm it's sure. awesome. I, I, I seriously, just, I, as long as you just clean up the mess, that's all I ask. We're getting advice from Mike Bercovici. It's great. <laughs> hey, it sounds like he's the guy you want to hang out with after what Cliff said about him earlier today. Uh, Eric's back there, and of course, we're circling back to our top story of the day. Uh, Kevin Durant set his fire today in Brooklyn, and he told the owner, it's either the GM or the coach or me. Take your pick, but that's what it's going to be. I want out of here. I don't want to play for those guys again. And so we are reacting to that all day because we're trying to figure out what this means for the Suns. What do you got for us today, Eric? All right, well, Kevin Durant has laid down his ultimatum, but in that report from Sean Sharania, the Suns were not listed as a significant team in the trade talks for Kevin Durant, so I'd like to test the waters in the Valley. Did today's Kevin Durant report make you more or less confident about the Suns getting KD? Obviously, those are two of your options. And, of course, you can choose the third option, which is you feel exactly the same as you did before. More. More. Uh, you, you want to explain why? why yeah, you think go, ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. More because this had to happen for Kevin Durant to be available. This had to happen. What happened today was necessary. My biggest fear of all of this was that Kevin Durant was going to change his mind, go to the owner and say, you know what, I never on second thought, I'm good. Never mind. I don't need to be traded. This isn't going to work out. I'm fine right here. In order for the Suns to even have a shot at him, Kevin Durant had to go in there and light a fire and make it sound like he was just going to burn the place down on his way out the door. He can't come to the Suns without this happening first. I am more encouraged he will be a Phoenix Sun after today's Yeah, I, I'm about the same. Um, I'm going to say I'm about the same. It's, I could understand why you go with more. But the reality is there was plenty of time before the season starts. There was still plenty of time to make a trade if you're Sean Marks. I mean, you still got all of August. You've got all of September. So you've got two full months to still make a deal. You're going to hold out for the best deal possible. I, I've always thought that they were going to trade him. I, I have. I've always thought that they were going to end up trading him. My concern would just be where they trade him to. Because now if I'm Sean Marks and you, you want to get me fired, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm not going to be sending you where you want to go. So my fear would be that. You want me fired and the coach I hire, you want us fired? I'm going to send you to Siberia. Like I think I think at this point Marks I, there's no way I'm going to I'm going to I'll trade you to Boston. I'll trade you anywhere just to you know to get rid of you because I'm not going to help you and assist you going to the place you want to go. Yeah, there's a danger in that and we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. It, but first, what are the results of the poll question? So Gambo, are you with same or less? Cuz you said same but then you answered afterwards. It kind of seems like you might be leaning less. No, I think same because I still think that the Suns, the Suns can put together a good package to get him. So I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with same. All right. Well, the people are rolling with Mr. Gambadoro. Forty point six percent say that report did not move the needle. They feel the same. Coming in second place, thirty three point seven percent less confident after that report. And in last place, Bernsey, twenty five point seven percent are more confident after today's KD report. My history with this guy for eleven years is that the people typically do. Tend to roll with John Gambadoro. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs>
at all. Thank you, Eric. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. Here's a pitch. Swung on. Grounded is short. Alcantara has it. Tosses to second. In time, and the game is over. And after all of that, the Diamondbacks, they take the win. They take the series. Final score, 6-4. to four. Wasn't easy, but hey, look at who was out there getting the final outs on a ninth inning, in a ninth inning that? for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mark Melanson, who on Friday was basically informed that he had kind of sort of lost his job and it was going to be closer by committee from here on out because Ian Kennedy had already pitched on Friday and Saturday and Joe Mansupply had already pitched within the game. Tory turned to Mark Melanson to get the save and it was dicey. It but was Melanson got it. It was dicey. It wasn't, if, if you, you know, if you thought it was going to be Pepto-free. I, I hate to inform you, there was some stomach acid involved in that yesterday, Yo, but he got it. He I, got the save. I'm watching the terrific broadcast that uh, Bertha Hume and Brenly do, and they do a fantastic job. They, they, those guys just do such a good job. I really enjoy their broadcast. And 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 Brenly pointed out, with runners on second and third, he thought there were more holes in, in C.J. Crone's swing and thought that maybe you would, instead of, instead of intentionally walking Crone, that you would try to pitch to him because he's got more holes in his swing. They end up intentionally walking Crone. Base is loaded, but then he gets Grishik to ground out and get out of it. But I mean, it was a tightrope act. It was a high wire act. The interesting thing I thought was Friday, because Friday they beat Colorado 6-5, and the guy that took the ball in the ninth inning, he went 1-2-3 was Ian Kennedy. Yeah. But then you have to factor in what Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> when Ian Kennedy came into a tie game in the ninth, and he gave up the winning run to the Colorado Ryan Rocky. McMahon solo home run in the ninth on a one and two pitch. It was a 94 there's, mile per hour fastball. There's no part of the story you can just consider by itself and say, this is the most interesting part of the story. Ian Kennedy's the guy. No, he's no, not. not. Mark Blance is the guy. <laughs> That's yeah. the story. Yeah. Is that it's, it's, can we just bring back Brad Ziegler? <laughs> can we just bring back Brad Ziegler? How old is he? Come on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Brad's up to right now. How old is Brad Ziegler right now? That's the last time the Diamondbacks had a good closer. By Ryan the way. McMahon hit the home run off of Kennedy on Saturday night, uh, and it was yeah. a tie game, so it wasn't a safe situation. But he got no. the loss. Then Kennedy gets the save on Friday night, the night before, because he had pitched on both of those nights. Melanson had to come in on Sunday, and at the end of the day, he got it done. It's barely, I, it's, but he did. He I, got it done honestly, barely. I think it's going to be like this the rest of the year, and oh. it'd be great if somebody solidified. It. It'd be great if somebody took it by the horns and said, it's mine, it belongs to me, I'm not going to make this dicey, but I, I have a feeling this is how it's going to be Man, it for is the rest a, of the it year. Is, it is a chore to find somebody to close the game for the Arizona Diamondbacks, it really is. So I was joking around about Brad Ziegler because he was actually really good at it um, when he was their closer, and, and he was solid. The other thing about the, I just, I don't know if you saw this, I, I, I've never seen a guy get thrown out by, by more uh, feet than Seth Beer. <laughs> on Saturday. I've never seen anything it was, like that. It was awful. Basically. I mean, it was so bad. The catcher had the ball, and honestly, he's just waiting and waiting and waiting. He's probably waved to the, waved to some of the fans in the crowd and looked around and said hi to the guys in the dugout. And then Beer comes and just tags him. I've never seen a guy thrown out by that much distance. No. Like, literally, he was out by 20 feet. 
So they take two or three. Yeah. I hadn't either. They take two or three from the Rockies. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks stats and info points out. Diamondbacks have 48 victories now. They had 52 victories all last season, yeah. which is you know goes without saying because last year was so bad. They're eight and seven since the All Star break. Okay, it's 500 and, baseball. And good. four of those seven losses were by one run. Two of those four losses were walk off defeats. Now I'm not trying to paint some kind of rosy picture about the Diamondbacks. Paint but, it, Bob Ross. Paint oh, no, it. No, no, no. I'm actually not. I'm putting the brush down. I'm not trying to tell you, hey, everything's fine. You're not going to build great. me a happy little tree. But it's been better. I don't know. It's been better. It's yeah. it's they they've been fine since the All Star break, and, and they certainly haven't embarrassed themselves. I don't really think they haven't been great, but I don't think they've embarrassed no, themselves all season long. They've played competent baseball, which is a big step up from Listen, compared to last year. Whether you like Lavello or not, and I can understand the people that do and the people that don't. I mean, I can. I mean, the team has never quit on him. They do play hard. He gets them to play hard. Sometimes they don't play very smart, um, and but you know they do play hard. I, I did report earlier this uh, early this morning, a little before nine, that they're going to recall pitcher Edwin Uceda from Reno. They made that official about twenty minutes ago. Uh, twenty minutes ago, they did make that official. So yeah, this morning I got wind that they were going to bring up Edwin Uceda. So he has been brought up, um, and they just made it official recently from what Burns is saying. Of course, we we didn't even mention the funniest thing from the whole weekend, and that was Madison Bumgarner. Like, yeah, no, you're not checking my hands, dude. No, no, I'm going to go to the other guy, Dan Bellino. I'm going to go to the other guy. Was we'll turned and go this way. Bellino was the guy who gave him the creepy hand massage right. that day in Miami. He was the third base coach when Mad Bum pitched on Friday night. The first hand check was done by the home plate umpire. Then after the third inning or whatever, it was supposed to be the third base umpire, and, and Mad Bum saw him, and he's like, yep, not nope, not you, dude. No, no way. No way. I'm not, not putting myself in that position again. No way. Don't do it. <laughs> You do not get to rub my hands while looking in my eyes. It was creepy. It was creepy. We're not doing that again, brother. I'm going to go back to the home plate up there. We're good. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on the creepy hand rub. Thank yeah. you very much. That's so funny. Yeah, no. No way. Not again. Not doing that again. When we come back, 49ers have made it very clear they are moving forward with Trey Lance at quarterback, which means for now they're stuck with the other guy. How much longer is that other guy's situation going to last in San Francisco? We'll talk a little NFC West football next at the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Live today from Cardinals Training Camp, State Farm Stadium. This will be our final day from camp. We're not out here very much because of the practice schedule. Cliff prefers more mornings than what we're used to under Bruce Arians when he was the coach here. When Bruce was here, we were out here every day for three straight weeks. Yeah. Um, with, uh, and I'm not, that's not much of a, an exaggeration. That's actually pretty close to the truth. We were out here just about every single day for three straight weeks. Cliff runs a very different schedule when it comes to his camp, and uh, it's mostly morning-based. And so because of that, there's just no real practical reason for us to be out here every day because there's nothing going on when we'd be on the air. So today's our final day out here. The preseason opener is coming up on Friday. I'll be curious to see who plays in that game, more specifically who doesn't play in that game. I'll be curious to see who doesn't play. Really? Are you real curious to see? Who doesn't play? Yeah. Who I, does play or who, doesn't, who play? doesn't play? Yeah. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of guys who don't play at all in the preseason. Like J.J. Watt, I bet he doesn't see the field one minute 
in preseason. Kyler, I bet he doesn't see the field one minute in preseason. No, I think, th- you know what, that's probably the most important thing, right? Because we know the whole thing is a mirage. We of talk course. about this all the time. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a farce. It's, preseason's a farce. Preseason games are, you're not running your plays, no, you're not trying no, out your offense, you're no. just, you're, you're looking for those fringe 5 to 10 to 15 guys who may or may not be on your roster. You're trying to figure out who those and guys are. And there's always are. one or two guys that stand out, and you're like, oh man, you try to get excited, and then you realize that they're not. Yeah. And then they get to real NFL games and they can't play. Yep. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, a couple, a couple of guys are going to stand out, and you're like, wow, oh man. Maybe, maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's there. No, he's not. And we'll, we'll fall prey to it too. <laughs> you're right. I mean, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And like, we'll, yeah. we'll fall victim to it because we do every year. Hey, you know, I know it's hard to make the team in preseason, but did man, you did see you Craig see Dorch? Guy? He oh, looks so good. He's yeah. going to have 50 catches this year. No, he's <laughs> no, not even going to have five. No, he's not. Right. No, he's not. So um, I, I will be very curious to see who doesn't play in these three preseason games because I suspect, and I've got no source on this, I, my guess is that a lot of guys won't. Um, this yeah. Jimmy G situation now, if we're staying in the division. The Rams? That was suggested. Did you something to me that maybe the Rams could trade for him? That was suggested by Florio of Pro Football Talk. Put forward the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo joining the rival Los Angeles Rams if he gets cut by the 49ers. Okay. 49ers would obviously never trade him to Los Angeles. But, because here's what's happening. They ha- gotta cut him. And that's the thing. They everybody, gotta cut him. Everybody knows that. No team. Nobody's gonna trade for him. Nobody's gonna trade a thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Everybody knows what San Francisco has to do here. You have to cut him. You have to cut him. So who's gonna trade for him? Who's gonna trade for okay, him? Okay, but if, you, if he gets cut, yeah. you really wanna go be a back? Does he wanna go somewhere as a chance to start? Well, he could. Like, well, just go to Seattle. And if he does that, it's, it's Seattle, right? Where else could he go and start. Um... I mean, is I mean, Pittsburgh probably not. They they drafted Kenny Pickett. They've they got, got Pickett. And they got Trubisky. Trubisky they so got probably Trubisky. not there. Uh, could you start in Atlanta over Marcus Mariota? I mean, maybe look for um, a, look for an old quarterback that's on the way out or somebody that's not really established where you have a chance to. You know, I mean, the Jets, the Jets quarterback, the Giants, the Giants quarterback. I mean, this is like, oh, the, the Jets are going to give him more than a year. Yeah, but they're going like, to give him more than a year. Daniel Jones, I, I, I would agree with you. Okay, maybe is, maybe with the Giants. Yeah, maybe. But but Seattle's perfect. And again, I don't know, A, if the 49ers would trade him to a division rival, and B, I don't know if Seattle would give up anything worth a darn to get him because they know San Francisco's going to have to cut him. The Rams' suggestion from Florio in defense of him was more based off of the idea Stafford's hurt, he's dealing with a bulky elbow. Now, he threw this weekend and apparently threw very well. Right. But Stafford's injury situation might put him in kind of a precarious spot. So maybe the Rams could get him as like Stafford insurance, and why not? He knows the division. He knows same he, suggestion with Cleveland. In case yes. Watson gets a longer suspension, yep. could you go to Cleveland and now just you know be their quarterback for the year if Watson's suspended for a you know eight you know eight games or more? And then you get to be the quarterback for a while until Watson comes back. In fact, there was a, a suggestion out of the Bay Area that the Browns and the 49ers could, and this they weren't reporting this, they were just suggesting it, that, that it could be a very like incentive-laden kind of trade where like it, you know if he starts eight or more games for the Browns this season, the 49ers would get a third rounder. If it's 12 or more games and Cleveland makes the playoffs, maybe it's the second rounder. If Garoppolo starts zero games, the 49ers get nothing. Like You could make a trade. You could construct a trade that's heavily incentivized based off of exactly how much Jimmy G would play for the Browns. I, I, again, what about the Bucks. What about Tampa Bay? 
Come on, man. Brady's not going to play forever. He's 45 years old. He, he retired this year and then came back. Are you talking like quarterback of the future yeah, for like when those, Brady like, retires? Well, like, but, I don't need. So if I'm Garoppolo, I'm looking long term. I'm not looking for what's 2022 has have in store for me. I'm looking for where can I go where I could be the quarterback in 23, 24, 25. Why not tamper? There's no reason why not Tampa. Yeah, I mean, unless you think Brady's going to play a few more years. Although you did have that thing about the free to Brady still maybe do. going to the 49ers and, and because you wanted to replace Garoppolo. And I still do. I, I mean, it might I, be some bad, maybe there's a little bad blood because they were together in New England. I guess it could be. Could be. But that's your best spot to go. Where, where's the. Who, Where's the best spot to go with an older quarterback that is likely going to retire this year? It's yeah. the Bucs. And, and the Bucs. Is there a bad relationship between Brady and Jimmy G? I don't know. I do think Tom Brady will play one more year in Tampa and then potentially bolt. I, would he, but the, here's the thing. Okay. I don't know if Brady would go to San Francisco because Trey- no, Brady just retires. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm still thinking about the San Francisco thing. Okay. Like Trey Lance would have to really be really, really awful, in which case the 49ers would have given up a boatload of picks for a quarterback who's no good. Otherwise, the 49ers would say, yeah, you know, we're good. We invested all of this stuff to get Trey Lance to be our quarterback. We appreciate you wanting to come and win one with us. We're kind of set. We've got our future at the position. We're okay now. Uh, so I think they would only cut loose from Trey Lance, A, if they thought they had a shot to get Brady a year from now, and B, it was if Trey Lance was no good. And all of this hanging over the 49ers, nobody's really sure whether Trey Lance is going to be any good or not. No. Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, he has a ceiling on how far you can go with him. I would admit that. But nobody but so knows. Does, what, so does half the quarterbacks sure. in the league. Nobody knows what Trey Tannehill, Lance is going to bring. Tannehill, same thing. Kirk Cousins, same thing. 100%. I mean, it's, how many quarter, uh, half the quarterbacks in the league have that. Yep. I can only take you so far. Which is why... Cleveland would be perfect for him. In some ways, the Rams would be perfect for him. Hey, I need a guy who's going to win a month's worth of games while Stafford's on the shelf. Or I need a guy who's going to win... Ten weeks worth of games while Deshaun Watson is suspended by the NFL. Well, that's another angle. If he goes somewhere where the team... Say, you go to the Lions, you're going to suck. Because the Lions suck. Yes. You go to a good team... I like, your logic there is so direct. Yes, right. you're correct. You go to the you're Lions, suck they because suck. You suck. So you're going to yeah. suck. You go to a good team. You go to the Rams or you go to Cleveland... And you and and you play for six, seven, eight games, but you play well. You play well. You're that might entice somebody to sign you next year rather than going somewhere else and playing awful. So that's the thing yes. I would think if you play for a better team, even though it's not your future, you might be able to put up really good numbers to get somebody to to sign you to a longer term contract. Yeah, year. potentially, and it might be in your best interest to go do something like that from a long term perspective. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I think my best guess he gets cut and he goes to Seattle. That's my best guess. But okay, now okay, think about it this way. And, and by the way, the part of what prompted this whole conversation was a report over the weekend from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network citing sources that, quote, no clear trade partner, close quote, has emerged for Jimmy G's services. Um, From my understanding, he said, the 49ers are willing to wait all the way down to cut down day, Rappaport reported, um, that they might wait to the very end to see if somebody gets hurt at the quarterback position that they they could trade him to. They have nothing to lose. They're no, nothing to nothing. lose. They're not practicing they, 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 him. They, well, he, he's not. He's unless not. you want to do him a favor, you know, and get him into a camp and let him. But it's business. You want to do him a favor, you cut him now, you let him go. But the other thing is that what if Trey Lance goes down? 
Like if you know the other thing is you're worried about other quarterbacks. What if your quarterback goes down? Right. Hey, I just if your quarterback goes down in one of these preseason games, you still got a month to go before the season. If Trey Lance goes down and you cut Jimmy Garoppolo, you look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Hey, we Trey Lance is out for the year with an injury, but uh, we cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Now who the hell's your quarterback? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, practice for today is wrapping up shortly. And when we come back, we are either going to chat with Starbacker Isaiah Simmons or we're going to get you caught up on the latest with Kevin Durant. It really just depends on practice. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show.